I mean, this, it, this is our own thing. little Thanksgiving. Well, yeah. the Thanksgiving little streamy thing was like, I mean, admittedly one one sided in, in, in <laughs> regard. It was nice though. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was a, I got it, was it a good towards time. the end, <laughs> just enough yeah. for you to, to dedicate Pony to me. And then yeah, by genuine the stream, I yeah. did. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it, was, it was good to sort of replicate the the living room shenanigans, just like. <laughs> Playing, playing playing guitars and then embarrassing people it's good uh-huh. <laughs> so cute it was it was a it was a nice little like calming break to just kind of sit back and relax unlike the experience of watching today's today's movie that we're, we're you didn't sit today's. back and relax during this one i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> no, no i didn't either i had to pay very close attention well i thought like as soon as now, it started like the opening crawl was a disease destroying our world and i was like oops <laughs> Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Look what Sammy picked. Look what Sammy picked. I, I, think it, I watched it first, and so I was like, I don't know if I should just tell everyone that like Sammy accidentally picked something prescient or not. I was like, no, I'll let you guys discover that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's usually nice. anything that happens from my end. It's definitely an accident. We can all make sure that anything that like fits together well, it was an accident for sure. Sammy's a lot of things. It's not deliberate. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if we were, if we were in any other type of time travel movie, I could go back to before this conversation, so I could properly introduce the podcast because mm-hmm. this is another episode of Never Seen Any of This. My name is Andy. I'm Sammy. I'm TJ. And I'm Raymond. And uh, and we watched Twelve Monkeys today, and it yeah, was Sammy's pick. It was. Um, I had a lot of deliberation of what my pick was going to be for our new no, no yeah. nuance November. Um, we don't. We look. It's 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 your pick. We always want to respect the agency of, yes. of the individuals yep. on this podcast. But but your first your first suggest your first pitch to the podcast was not warmly received. No, it was, <laughs> it's, it was primer. And I don't think right. we would have had a very productive episode talking about primer because it would have been a lot of us going. Hey, Wait, no, I thought this right because no. I thought I thought that Raymond had, was the only one that had seen it. Turns out that I was the only one that had seen it. So then I was like, well, Correct. wasn't it really a good mm-hmm. pick anyway? In that respect, that I would be the only one coming in with fresh eyes. So I mean, I mean, th- with that movie, it sounds like it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. But <laughs> I just yeah. thought uh, that was just one because I thought Raymond was the only one that had sure. seen that one. So that one Primer might is also an be excellent representation of time travel. It's probably the most accurate version of time travel uh-huh. on film that exists it's also mm-hmm. not very entertaining as a movie and it works more as like an explanation of how you explain time travel right <laughs> which it I, was on a lot a better... of it was on a lot of lists that i was looking up when yeah. i was trying to find a time travel movie like it was on every list so that was like it, it obviously does time travel well but it's the a lot of them said that it was like the indie version or the you yeah. know like the yeah. not the it was yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's shoestring budget and yeah 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 it it's, might... it's about as micro budget i think as you can get right and it might even be like a better movie to watch as a group yeah. rather than everybody mm. watch it on their right. selves and then come back and talk about it because it's something that you can kind of like discuss while you're watching it right right and that was the other thing that I, because, again, it's, yeah, like I said, it's no nuance November, so I was trying to even figure out, like, what I even wanted to pick with that, because I was like, what, I mean, what movies do I enjoy the most? Most of m- movies that I really enjoy, all of you guys have already seen, so I was like, I, we gotta have something, never seen any of this, so then I finally came across, I was like, well, I just, 
any movie that deals with time travel or has time elements in it, it obvi- it immediately yeah. jumps up like ten degrees in my book of like being a good movie because uh-huh. time travel is just so much fun to like watch. So I was like, cool, we'll do a time travel movie. But again, all the time travel movies that I love, we've all seen. <laughs> so I was uh-huh. like, okay, well, I know next week TJ is picking a movie that none of us have seen. So I was like, well, I can pick a movie that. I haven't seen if it's still in the vein of movies that I really enjoy. So that's where yeah. finally came to 12 Monkeys, which I had not seen, but was like, it was on the list of I, movies of time travel movies that are worth seeing. So I was like, well, check that one out. I thank God every week for Sammy for the sake of the podcast. Cause I feel like you care about the restrictions way more than any of the rest of us. The rest of us are like, what movie do we want to watch that kind of, we can make it fit in sort of the revocation. <laughs> I Sammy almost, is a, same as the rules. <laughs> yeah, I almost picked Looper, but I, I just I can't break the rule. I can't. We've all seen Looper, so I, I couldn't pick it. <laughs> all seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think no, I mean fully... this is this is awesome. I mean, like, yeah, I was I was stoked on this. I mean, because I I'm a big um, Hunter S. Thompson uh, fan, and so by way of that, I've seen Fear and Loathing, um, you mm-hmm, know, a handful right. of times, and so yeah, I was like, oh, I know I know this fellow's work. This should be fun, and yeah, it was. Terry was. Gilliam. Uh, I asked TJ if he had seen any other than Fear and Loathing and, and um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. But, Raymond, have you seen Brazil? I know all about Brazil. I have not watched okay. it. But Time Bandits, I fucking love Time Bandits. Yeah. I almost just bought it from the Criterion Collection the other day. And that's, I love it's that a cool movie. And I haven't seen it in probably Criterion 15 too. years. So like, and that was the other huge issue that I ran into with like, looking at those lists and looking up time travel movies because I came across one that like Time Bandits was on there but you can't see that anywhere streaming right now right. Or, like, and like there was a, a couple that I was like oh this is the one I'm going to pick and I was like oh you can't get that anywhere so it kind of that also narrowed down my list till I finally came to 12 Monkeys because I was like it is actually available somewhere for us to watch so I've also seen um, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus which he did after Heath Ledger died that was I, I've <laughs> seen that one that's known that more a... for what happened more than the movie it's a itself. wild movie i think it's an it's interesting a weird movie. movie yeah it's very yeah. very gilliam but i think it's yeah. at this point it's it's entered more the 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 public conscience as like how they went around like dealing with heath ledger's death more than the movie mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. right but like mm-hmm. that's a cool movie too it yeah. is i, I remember oh. watching like because it it, it, was, it came to the point where it was just like playing i think on hbo or something like mm. that and it just would be on when i was searching through the channels and i would just like leave it on and i've seen it a couple times through that so i that's there's one I think that and Holy Grail is probably the only ones I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I like I think that. With... No, go ahead. Oh, oh we're both so polite. <laughs> we just get <laughs> like life and kiss already. I was just going to say uh, that Terry Gilliam is probably one of the, one of the easier like auteurs to kind of fit into the auteur theory, mm-hmm. like with Tim Burton and someone yeah. like you can go, this is a Terry Gilliam movie because oh, it's yeah. very weird. It has a very distinct style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's sort of like a confederacy of dunces sort of theme mm-hmm. that run, runs through like this like absurdity that everybody else around these people are taking very seriously and everybody else has this kind of like bug-eyed experience watching the absurdity unfold. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This movie's very, very similar to Brazil. I would say Brazil is even more of like a straight up everything in satire. Oh, really? Than 12 Monkeys. And it's very theatrical and lots of like sets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a lot of the like themes and stuff very very similar to brazil yeah i i enjoyed sort of like the the overall theme of like this this the this importance and this belief 
you know, gets gets to be so strong and so powerful, and it's all based on these perceptions and these like little flits of information or whatever. And and you, as the audience member, you're you're obviously supporting Bruce Willis to this whole thing as the protagonist, mm-hmm. and he's a likable protagonist. You know, uh, you you can you can certainly empathize with the plight of like not wanting to be put back into like a two by four cell, <laughs> you know. And, uh, that's generous, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like it's 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 an interesting thing watching him get like even watching the psychiatrist get so wrapped up in it with him to where they both are like obsessed with this 12 monkeys thing or whatever and it's like it's it's nothing it's it's right. it's, it's truly nothing and and then especially that reveal that the doctor lady was like an insurance agent she's not a fucking doctor she knows nothing about anything <laughs> like like all of this importance was placed upon this because of this like tacit understanding of the belief of authority and and that coming out the other side is going to be you know for the better or whatever when they had no earthly idea what the fuck they were doing the entire time they were just like shooting these poor these poor little bastards into random spots in time and hoping for the best right and that's what's also very interesting is like the only information they get is from those like from sending people back and what they are able to like tell them and the things that they like see in the area that they're because that was my first thought I was like how would they not know that Bruce Willis died in that airport like how do they not have that information but it's because they don't have any information only what they see in front of them and what people are being able to send to them so that was also like they knew nothing they had no idea what was going to happen unless and i think this is another reading of the movie is that they do know exactly what's going on okay and that they were doing it all on purpose because they're the they're they're the ones ruling they wanted the virus to happen See, I kind of okay. get that from the end of the movie. That the whole thing is like a loop. And that was her meeting the guy for the first time and getting in on it. That's because I was I was like, what is what is the meaning behind from like T, what TJ was saying that you learn that she's an insurance agent. But she also introduces herself to that guy. So that's why I was like, yeah, is it because she then starts to know him? And then, yeah, like because he's a big apocalypse guy. So maybe they do work out something where they're like, this has and, to happen no matter what kind of a thing. And... I'm sure by no bit of coincidence, we never, we don't see a whole lot of the future. No. We just hear what, we hear what they tell us. We get the little bits of information mm. and we end up, you know, basically creating the, the entire vision of what the future is like in our heads from the right. little information that they give us. So I think it's, it's a fairly plausible reading of the movie to be like, they, they're the ones, they wanted the virus. They're the ones in power in, in the future. They want to ensure that. No, whether they know it or not, because they they do give Bruce Willis very little information. <laughs> but why? So my but question why is, would, why send him back at all if it's already happened? I guess maybe to like maintain the facade amongst yeah. the population, going like, that "Well, I know a guy it. that came back, and he mm. actually did go back in time and try and fix it." They are trying to or fix cover it. any tracks, I suppose, right? If, if they figured it out. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, I found it very interesting right at the end when his friend shows up uh, Jose shows up and like gives him the gun but like gives him no information like why they sent him to that time to give Bruce Willis the gun like that I thought that was really <laughs> like how how do they what, what was their thinking behind giving him a gun unless like and what Andy's thinking they already knew what was going to happen it's exactly what they wanted to happen 
very well, I don't know. I mean, like, that's also sort of, like, you know, dregs up a question that could just be pure, like, you know, stony brain TJ just watching this or whatever. But is <laughs> like, there's sort of an interesting thing at play where the main character is subconsciously, unequivocally completely aware of his own mortality right you know like like whether whether he understood that as a little boy that that was this this weird mustachioed obviously wigged man <laughs> being gunned down in an airport was actually him from the future when he first shows up wearing that wig you're like that is that that is a professionally put on wig there's no way looks, they were able to put that wig on <laughs> that whole getup looks like brian cranston's role in x-files oh yeah <laughs> it's fantastic but uh but yeah, I mean, like, especially the way that he, you know, so, you know, with such reckless abandon enjoys, like, fresh air and music and stuff like that. You know, like, there's there's obviously the fish out of water, you know, being forced to live underground and really enjoying these things or whatever. But, you know, yeah, just like the, the sheer glee with which he kind of, like, throws himself into those situations mm-hmm. sometimes. And, like, this sort of, like, you know, just you know, pure kind of, like, Dionysian delight where he's just sort of letting it completely consume him and, like, and letting him just act out. It's weird as an audience member with expectations of how Bruce Willis is supposed to be in movies, uh-huh. where like, where like he's he's like very loosey goosey and like it's very fun to watch. Well, you know, I, like this, honestly, you know, this is the golden part, era for Bruno, baby. Well, it's like, <laughs> honestly, it. it's this it's like, Fifth Element, Unbreakable are all like within a year of each other. Well, it's like notorious. Unbreakable is Bruce Willis is a guy that likes sci-fi and wishes he was a character actor and not a, like a action lead man he would mm. like that's a, his whole career he wishes he could do like disappear into character roles and shit which is why he does like almost all these sci-fi roles he does like for minimum wage scale wage and then like just gives him his gives him his all and does whatever yeah. and then he shows up in an action movie and just kind of like grimaces through it yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to demand two two million dollars to be in 45 seconds of the Expendables. Right, which yeah. he'll, he'll do them, but like, yeah, he loves sci-fi, and so like, even in he, the the later 2000s, like Looper, he does for either free or scale, and like he mm-hmm. shows up in like all through the 2000s, he does sci-fi or like weird art projects, like he's in that fucking Gorillas Stylo video where he, I mean he's grimacing <laughs> yeah, he through is. that, but he's literally like, why else would he be in that other than the fact that like it's cool. He yeah. Would, yeah, he wouldn't do that just have because you, he needs a paycheck. Have you guys seen the commercial that came out like within the last couple months for like a battery company? Yeah. That is a full, it is a full Die Hard parody with him as John McClane, and it's better than the last three Die Hard movies. <laughs> the battery is literally ones. called like a Die Hard battery. Like that's the joke is the uh, battery is called Die Hard, and he's like trying to get that battery. That's funny. It's really funny. He, is, he is more engaged and giving more in that performance than mm-hmm. he has in the last three Die Hards. <laughs> Because it's something hey, fun, man. right? Good day to die hard slaps. I can't. I can't even say that's true. You can't even say it was true. <laughs> I own it, but that's only because that was in a big box of DVDs that my old roommate just left when he moved to Bellingham. It was given to you. It's your your cross yeah, to bear yes. now. I think it's really interesting, and I had just watched um, Death Becomes mm-hmm. Her a couple weeks ago, Me too. and seeing seeing him in that, and seeing him in something like this, and knowing what like what bruce does today it's like i can't believe he was this patient 
<laughs> let alone to do it for no money. I can't believe that he like sat on set and was patient enough for them to like do some of these weird visual effects and like plot things out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking when he gets I could like not the see Bruce doing that today. when he gets like that thing attached to his neck. I was like, that probably hurts. Yeah. Like he was just going for it. <laughs> He's like, sure, why not? There was. I'm sure I probably brought it up before on the podcast, but there's a long, now ancient podcast from a conversation oh, with, with, with Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Smith and Ryan Johnson, and in that when mm-hmm. they're talking about their experiences working with them it's like kevin's experience like he doesn't respect directors that are directors for hire he prefers like the artist so like kevin mm. did that that cop out cop That's, out he's cop a director out. for hire <laughs> and like kevin smith is trying to like he's just trying to set up the scene and, and bruce willis shows up but he's like oh what lens are you going to use to shoot this scene because he's like a fucking film nerd i guess mm-hmm. and and kevin's like i don't know that's why we have the cinematographer that's his job he's like I guess Bruce was like, you don't know what fucking lens you're using for this scene? And, like, stormed <laughs> off. And then, like, Ryan Johnson's like, yeah, I didn't have that at all. He just, like, asked if I needed to do anything different. He did, like, 20 takes. So it's like he did that movie for minimum. So it's like... Heard like a kitten. He would curl up in my lap and, and I'd feed him milk from my hand. It was it was a really it was a really tender relationship that I developed. Right. So it's... Oh, oh, damn nearly. Like, he considered him, like, a good friend by the end of Looper. So yeah. it's like, if it's, if it's something he finds interesting, that he yeah. gives it yeah. his fucking all. He just right. doesn't get to do them very much because he needs those paychecks. But it's like, it's crazy yeah. that, like, if he's interested in something, he just fucking throws himself into it. And then speaking of uh, giving it your all, uh, Brad Pitt as oh well is God. just in- insane. That's... Like, literally insane in this movie. Yeah. But also it's just, so... like, just going for it. And that's another thing with, with, this, with him and in this movie was he agreed... Brad Pitt was like a nobody when they cast him and then or he was just an up-and-coming actor so he had like a really really small salary and then within like the six months to a year leading up to the release of this movie was Vampire Diaries Mm. and like two other things that he was really Vampire Diaries (laughs) Vampire Diaries you know I totally was like yes I I, I just I totally agreed I was like yep that's the thing he's in (laughs) I'm not gonna let that one slip past my Netflix. No, you're Inter- right. You're right. You're right. TJ did not let that go. Interview with a vampire. Thank you. Thank you. Admin has stopped typing. But uh, there was some discrepancy because when he was hired, he agreed to do like his normal rate. But by the time that it like came around to actually do it, he was like an A-list star, mm-hmm. and they were like, "We can't really pay him his third, his like third right. tier rate." Yeah, there's a. Uh... I've always liked Brad Pitt, and I think he does a lot of interesting choices when he wants to do something other than like serious dramatic actor. But I've never—I don't know if I've ever seen a performance where he's quite this nuts out there. And it yeah. reminded me so much of like, especially because I just watched Moonstruck. It reminds me so much of Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. I was like, if, if, it feels very much like the performance Nicolas Cage would have given. Yeah. <laughs> How like, could you imagine? It is great. <laughs> and Brad Pitt got an Oscar nom for this movie. He really. It. That's yeah. weird. There, there's so much. I mean, it was really good and really fun, but. Okay. He spends so much time just monologuing. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but That's basically every scene he's in uh, is him just monologuing. <laughs> like, it's fascinating because he just goes on all these weird tangents and then comes back around and then does something crazy to, like, to just end the scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was right. weird that originally. It, and it brings up the what the psychiatrist tells uh, Bruce Willis, like. At one point, his dream, he did see Brad Pitt yeah. run by. 
But then he then is real recognizes that it's the psychiatrist, and she's like, "You're only putting me in that spot now because." Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, when we saw this earlier, was it her earlier?" And it made like planted that in your head too. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that it wasn't Brad Pitt at all. So that it's like it just it just like plays with that exactly how they want you to how to be played. <laughs> exactly. Oh boy, the, right the, in their uh, crosshairs. We've discussed this year's Oscars before. I just looked it up to see who Brad Pitt was up against. Um, that he was up against. Babe? Yep, <laughs> James Cro- James Cromwell for Babe. So that'll do pick. That's why. I was kidding, but that's great. <laughs> Ed Harris for Apollo thirteen. Okay. Tim Roth for the movie Rob Roy. Oh, I've never seen that. One. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And the winner, our sweet, wonderful, never done anything wrong boy Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. Oh. <laughs> And then Mel Gibson Boy. takes it for the the movie of that year, so yeah. just a Braveheart awards for good, some good people that year. Yeah, ninety six is a good year for Hollywood. For Hollywood creeps. <laughs> this should age gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Then anyway, I guess we shouldn't hand out awards to anybody. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. If only they would have had time travel and known what they would have been if they would, could have not given them that award. Same. It still would have happened anyway. That's a good yeah. point. And that's I think that's... Point. Did you learn nothing? Yeah. And I Imagine once we finally shed these awful fleshy vessels and we just become perfect little motes of consciousness and light. And we're just like, we gave an award to Andrew Garfield. He farted. How could we? Whoa, we were such savages before we got to this point in evolution. Right. And Pretty I think, uh, again, it's, it's uh, how they deal with time in this movie. Where Bruce Willis, when he comes back, they're like... The, several times they're like you're trying to save everybody and he's like no I can't save you guys because it already has happened I'm trying to gather information to save the present and I just think most of the time when it turns out that it's like a closed loop or like mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do the characters are usually like figuring that out as you're going like they think that they can change the past but then they realize that they can't well he already knows going in he's like I can't change the past I'm trying to just help the present so I think that was just a cool Take that he already knew that he couldn't save the past. He was just trying to save his. Right, he never tries to alter anything because right. that's that's not the mood that they're going for with this this time travel. Is that you're not altering anything? It's already happened. Mm-hmm. And he even is very like straightforward when he's talking about like this is the past. He doesn't recognize it as this is the time he's in right now. He's always like this is this has happened in the past. This is not the present to me. Right. Uh huh. And I I love the line where he's like. So they're like, so 1996 is your present? He's like, no, that is also also the the past past. for me. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was interesting. I like that he is very much like a Dr. Manhattan level. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the way that, like, he already existed, so he's just currently experiencing everything at once. (laughs) Another great, one one of the things I love about, makes Watchmen so great is, yes, Dr. Manhattan and the whole time thing. I just love, Mm -hmm. again, anytime anything brings up time, like Arrival isn't a time travel movie. But it brings up time, and it makes it just so much better. <laughs> like well, any I mean, of those like movies that just do that. Like it, Watchmen yeah, is, is not a time travel, time travel movie. What? Yeah. Is Interstellar a time travel movie? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I would and, say uh, so. Like in its bones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that I don't know. It's dimension. a space movie. I don't know. Maybe not. Is it a time travel movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he's going through a black hole. He's not going through. He's not time traveling. Well, he's perceiving the the past at the same time that he is in the future. He has created Raymond. a time loop. Oh man, I'm gonna hurt my head, and that's why I like these types of time travel <laughs> movies because it just messes with your head. 
And we can't talk right. about Tenet, but I think Tenet is another example where it's Perfect. not a time travel movie, but it deals with time. But and I think that's what's time. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one, this movie, um, 12 Monkeys, is much, yes, just a time travel movie. But again, there's so many different ways. And that was one of the questions I want to ask you guys of like how you can do time in movies. And I wanted to know what, not what your favorite time travel movie is, but your best, your favorite way they deal with time. <laughs> Okay. Is it this or is it Back to the Future where there's different, like it makes different paths when you go? They're like different flavors. They're different I'm gonna, flavors. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say hot take. Uh, and as far as like, because sort of, I, I guess I'm construing it like uh, as like the way that like time is portrayed in a film, not mm-hmm. necessarily a time travel movie. Right. But like, so like something like Memento would count, even though it's not a time travel movie totally. that's like playing with time sure. in, in, in a non-linear fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say Boyhood. In that like, uh, yeah, like in the way that that like actually jumps in, in time, because I, I think that's very, very unique in, in film and a, and a very cool exercise that doesn't get enough attention. That's cool, yeah. But I couldn't I, imagine ever doing that, though. But it is cool no. that they did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how that's how most people felt about that movie. I can't yeah. believe they did it. I'm not sure why, but it's interesting. Sure. Yeah. Link later yeah. has to have experiments. Yeah. Hey, let him. Yeah. Why not? There you go. Sammy asked a question. I answered the question. Yes. No. Turn. I, yeah. um, I like. It. I would say probably one of my uh, favorite, and it, and it's a recent one, but. I don't. I can't get into it too much because I don't think everybody here has seen it. But the HBO Watchmen. Oh yeah, I've not has seen a, it yet. Has an incre- has a whole several episodes that deal with time without really doing time travel. There's not really mm-hmm. time travel in the show, mm-hmm. but the but the show itself feels like you're jumping around in time. Right. And I think it has a like a three episode run at the end there that is like absolutely brilliant. The best way you could pull it any of that off narratively it's so good you uh, gotta see it yeah I, I won't say much more than that because you gotta watch it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i will not gotta, ruin it for you uh, because who watches so, the watchman not raymond not me, no, <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know if i could pick a favorite because i love time as a concept for for film and and uh, media in general i love reading about right. time travel shit as well but i, I you know um the time machine is one of my favorite stories so every mm-hmm. iteration of that's pretty cool um i really liked and i know we talked about it off mic last week i was trying to recommend you do palm springs i really liked the way palm springs just very recently dealt with the the, the sub-genre of groundhog day time loops. right time loop yeah mm-hmm. and that, that was a very cool concept to me that i haven't seen much like this it's like a concept that you see a lot in like uh, written or like comic books or something like that, but you don't really see it displayed in movies or TV very much. So yeah. like I, I like all various different forms of it. It's it's hard to pick a single favorite, but totally. yeah, it's like this is this is definitely up there for me now because I you don't see too many movies that deal with time in this kind of way. Right. And it's refreshing and I w- to see that. I, and I was going to say and not saying that Harry Potter is my favorite one, oh, but right. I. The it, that the third one would be my favorite movie mm-hmm. if it did the time the whole time, but it's only like the last thirty minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. But that is and it, it's close to good, how it's close how movie. Twelve Monkeys does it book. again, where it's the <laughs> it's already happened. Anything that has happened has already happened. You can't mm-hmm. and and I love the the line that Harry Harry Potter says. He's like, I knew I could do it because I already did it, which is like <laughs> a crazy way to think about it. Yeah. But it's like 
this has already all happened. That blew Anything 11 that... year old me's mind. <laughs> right. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, when you watch it the, the first time, it, like, the reveal of, like, things in the background mm-hmm. were things of people going back in time and having those, but they already have happened. That, I think mm-hmm. that's my favorite one because that one, I think, messes with your brain and has mm-hmm. the, like, coolest, like, reveal of it. And this movie kind of does it as well where it's like, oh, it was him the whole time. That when he was a kid, it was also him because it all had already happened, kind of a thing. And I think though that's that's my favorite to watch is when it that's the case. I wish that one day we would be able to find out who came up with that concept for mm-hmm. Harry Potter and who like actually wrote it down. But since <laughs> Harry Potter, it's like doesn't it just appeared one day without an author or yeah. a creator? Right, it's it's a like we're never gonna know. Well, yeah, yeah Harry Potter itself has already existed. It 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 it, it has its own time right. thing where it was just already there and it's already been there. So. <laughs> It's just so we gotta go back early enough to see who placed it there in the the shelves. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think we do. I think uh, I think that's something that we could just leave to time. Yeah, I think that's fine too. (laughs) In in time, you know, the myth of some like Johnny Appleseed like figure who who gifted Harry Potter unto the world will (laughs) will manifest itself. You know, so So some yeah, some creature completely free of of flaw. It'll be good. (laughs) I think that like back to the future time travel is like the best movie version of time travel right. i knew you would there... yeah right <laughs> you would definitely say back if you because that's why i wanted to be, I, that's why i put the preface the asterisk of not your favorite time travel movie because that definitely would have been back to the future for you i specifically wanted to ask that the favorite type of time but yes go yeah. ahead on back to the future because it but is I great think, yeah well i think that back to the future very very expertly takes its time travel and works that into the favor of its plot mm-hmm so, because I think that Back to the Future is like it, it's focused on the story first, and so mm-hmm. like what's going to work best for what they're trying to do in the setup and payoffs right. that they're going to do later. Wait, so it, it is different as they make different timelines, right? Yeah, yes. that's, isn't that it, what Back to the Future is? That's the theory of time travel is every time they change something, it's like every choice you have is a different timeline. So every time they make so a then why does choice, he disappear? Why is he disappearing if he's just making another timeline? He doesn't exist in the current timeline. Exactly. Oh, man. So, maybe maybe I'm hard, just not remembering. <laughs> so the first movie... The first movie is only one timeline. But since in the second movie... Doc Brown pulls out a whiteboard at one point and yep. explains all this. He should oh, just okay, go watch... Right. He should just go yeah, watch that go. scene. Fair enough. Okay. I was just, I was just remember, remembering it wrong. You're, you're right. But okay. <laughs> basically, it's like... Part one is kind of like a perfect time loop because they don't really mess that much up other than he breaks up his parents so it's like the big thing that he changes and mm-hmm. so if he if that doesn't happen then he won't exist and right. there he's in that time loop but in the second one there's other things that go on that make it break off into different timelines gotcha okay so again like you said they bring up those things when it is what they're trying to tell is they when, kind of bring up when those. it benefits the story and what they're trying mm-hmm. to do they can they can go hey we, we're creating this we don't have to be be yeah. able to do every as long as it makes sense in the world of Back to the Future. That's all they care about. Right. I love those kind of time travels move, movies, but it ends up be, it's become its own thing where you have to like understand the rules of time travel. And if you understand the rules of time travel as they exist in popular culture, then you like know they have to be abiding by certain things. Otherwise, they fucked up the story and it's a bad movie. So, <laughs> I mean, because uh, it's Avengers. Own Right, Endgame. Avengers Endgame is able to do all of that by just going, so like Back to the Future rules? And they're like, yes, kind of. And that's like <laughs> basically all yeah. the audience all right. the audience really needs to understand that fully, and I think it works really well in that movie. Yeah, I and I think so it's well. funny that 
I mean, you kind of have to, if you do a time travel movie, you do have to explain which time, like, you have to at some point explain what kind of time travel you're dealing with. That's one of the reasons like, I really like Looper, is they're like, yeah. what about this and then Bruce was like, I don't care. Nope, we're not dealing with that. It's like, that's, and, you know, it's frustrating for an audience, but I do not need to know another set of rules about how it works. I would rather just get into the story. <laughs> right. Oh, and a uh, quick sidebar, uh, uh, Andy and I need to uh, justify going to school for two years yeah. um, uh, and uh, talk about uh, Le Jeti. Yeah, because this uh, 12 Monkeys is based on oh, a, French, a French short film, <coughs> uh, Le Jeté or The Jetty, I think is the American mm. title of it. But uh, we watched it in film school, and it is a 30-minute short film that is basically like the same concept, except it's uh, black and white still photographs <laughs> with, vo <laughs> with voiceover. It feels really and French. It's, it, it does, but I think mm -hmm. it, it, it works incredibly it's, well it's, when you watch it. it. Sure. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, because like every image is composed like like you would like a shot uh, mm. for a film okay. but you you're banking on the fact that it's going to be a single image that the audience is going to have a, a much greater amount of time just taking in mm -hmm. and so matching that with uh, an evocative narrative and that's very atmospheric on top of it, it like it it makes for a very compelling short film that is it something where like world. you don't notice something in the picture until like it's kind of like brought up as it's going through or is it just be, no you're understanding it more as if they're talking it's more like you get to take in everything that they're they're willing to show you okay. as far as like you know things like aperture you know in depth of field are 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 so finely honed in every single image or whatever that you know like you're still getting information from the background of like these weird instruments that they're using and attaching to these people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 it's sort of like you know these it, it's, it almost reminds me of like hr giger kind of sure. kind of stuff with like all the weird like mechanical stuff and it's all in black and white or whatever so mm -hmm. it's very spooky um it, it is spooky. yeah it's and, but it's it's cool and i think like a really strong thing about La Jete is that it, it, it pulls it off so well in that it's just still photographs for every second but when you're 15 minutes into it and engrossed in the story the audience can kind of start to be like oh you can take out 24 frames of, of a movie and still get all the information that you would in, mm -hmm. a in a regular thing just with this and then you can appreciate the composition and what it, it's a great it's a great like activity and cinematography and like, in broad strokes it's a spooky game. powerpoint mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> pretty much Hell yeah. come here kids i'm gonna show you a spooky powerpoint <laughs> here we go <laughs> yeah i think that's that's a uh, a good lesson to learn i think that's cool it's so is it the exact really same good. story I, uh, it is not no but it no. just has it the is, same themes it's set in paris and uh the airport is the um the the big airport in Paris. Yep. And <laughs> Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It takes place at Charles de Gaulle. And it, it's like, basically it's like world war three. It establishes that there are, there's a hierarchy of prisoners, like slave labor, basically. And like the scientists and stuff who take care of it. And they are sending, they're sending prisoners back to do their bidding for them. And the one that they keep sending back is good for extracting memories out of because he has a very vivid memory of his childhood that he can recall mm. of being at the airport. And then it ends up the same sort of like twist at the end. Gotcha. That cool. it was because he saw his own death. Uh -huh. Rough. So 
See, that's very French. Yeah. Oh, it's very French. And I did want to ask, that actually leads to one of my questions. Do you think he, Bruce Willis, then comes to that realization, like, I have to go through this, with this I have to die? I don't think he realizes it. I think he realizes he's there. And then I think maybe, like, in the very last second. I think he's so caught up in trying to stop the guy at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. I was so I, I, frustrated because he totally is going to shoot that guy. He's not like, I'm gonna go die, you know, like that's. But he does. There's some things that he says before that I was like, oh, because he like again, he he like realizes like, I, I, this is the airport. This is the dream. That was that and was the he thing. Still it, was, goes it. it was frustrating me, not that like that it was happening, because I figured that was what was happening, but like <sighs> the fact that like time is in like an immovable force where. Like, it doesn't matter that, like, he is espousing, like, these big reveals that, like, the psychiatrist is just like, whatever, let's go stop this thing. When, it, like, they've just established <laughs> right. very recently that, like, she now understands that when he says he's seen it in a dream, that's a memory. So the fact right. that he's like, I've been to this airport, and she's like, I saw <laughs> it in a dream, like, and yeah, she's just whatever. like, yeah, airports look like, this looks like all airports. And you're like, that's a clue. <laughs> and then he's like, I was here as a kid. And she's like, whatever, we gotta do a thing. It's like, uh, right. that should be a big hint that something is bad here. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because the whole, like, her saying, like, I know him from somewhere. Like, I thought that was going to yeah. be, like, a bigger, like, reveal somehow uh-huh. that she was involved in it in some way. Because they even set up, that's, I don't know, because there's, like, people that recognize him. And I don't know if that, the point is to be, like, those are other prisoners that have been sent back and not brought back. Well, I feel like, the- like, the guy that's standing on that soapbox, he's like, you're one of us. And it it, it doesn't, like, explain, a, like, that it, he's also one of the inmates or whatever. Uh-huh. But then there's that weird hobo guy that took out his teeth that is, like, and that, that whole part, I didn't, I don't know where, what, what is he hearing in his head? Is he hearing someone in his head? Is he, like, that whole part. So I wasn't sure what they were trying, if they were just trying to make it ambiguous, like, all these hobos could be people that they sent to the past that never came back, or maybe he's just crazy. Or to quote, uh, to quote the great Tommy Wiseau, that's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank I, you. <laughs> I did like how much time they spent establishing that, like, the real world reaction to a guy like saying this shit, and because in in most time tra- movies that deal with time travel. You either like, either no one believes them and like they have to continue on with their mission, or like they give enough clues that like people are like, "Oh shit, okay, I believe them." But like this right. is a weird middle ground where like uh, she it takes her like, a long she time. She doesn't really believe them until like the last third when they get that bullet analyzed. It's like yeah. before then, it's like literally everything he's saying is just like a nut job. So and the fact uh-huh. that they treat him like such, it's like I guess that would be that would be the way that would be handled. <laughs> and then he hits he the point where crazy. he even believes it, oh. like at the end of the movie where he's like, I'm just, I must just be crazy. Like, <laughs> I mean, he very offhandedly the first time he comes back to the, the future and he was like, I don't think brains were meant to exist in two different times at once. It's like, yeah, he lived right. in that time period. So he's already, <laughs> he's already had all those memories before. Yeah. Hey, Could you imagine waking up from like whatever fucking roller coaster that is of an experience that is just a bunch of dorks in lab coats singing Blueberry Hill to you? <laughs> that was a oh great song. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> and they're just like the comments like they give him and like how they act are just so like quirky. Like I don't know. They're just like they're weird. It's like, yeah, extremely. Isn't this nice? It's extremely Terry Gilliam. Like, that sort of, like, quirky character is Uh very much... The fucking, um, 
round TV present like thing that they mm-hmm. like they present to you him. Used to talk to him. Yeah. yeah. It's very Terry Gilliam as well. <laughs> I like when the square mirror was over that lady's face. Uh-huh. She's like, yes, yeah, so super like a little in. frog. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I thought I so, had yeah, that... watching this last night was like, wait a minute. This is set in 1996, and he's like, I don't know how old he's supposed to be as a child in that airport, but he's definitely a millennial. Bruce Willis is the oldest millennial. <laughs> what a millennial he would (laughs) oh man i just thought it was really fun to like i dare you to tell him that well i mean it was it was cool kind of like confirming some of the um the gilliam stuff like you know canted angles oh there's so many of those (laughs) yeah he's he's all about that and they they're very you know they're very effective for Mm -hmm. sort of you know uh sort of trying to convey a a, a Mm topsy-turvy funny goofy world yeah it was kind of was funny a... watching this last a uh, uh, couple nights ago where like my girlfriend was just kind of looking at her phone and like doing shit while i was watching the movie and like the movie started and i was kind of only half-heartedly i mean i was paying attention to it but i wasn't like super engaged with it and i wasn't in, it wasn't until like you get the first brad pitt monologue where like we both just kind of stared at the screen for a second it was like oh fuck okay we're in <laughs> <laughs> we're in i it, it you just, let us know raymond so <laughs> yeah you let us know that there was um, uh, some good butts in this. So there I was like, Kenzie, them. there's going to be butts. And she's like, all right, I got to work on something. But you let me know every time there's a butt. So anytime <laughs> I was just like, butt. And she would like look over at the screen and be like, yeah. There's, there's, we got there's, there's yeah, two the beacons of man butter lit. Shots, and then there's a good long one of Brad Pitt. <laughs> but every yeah. time it happened, I was like, good for him. Like with Bruce Willis, I was like, good for him. <laughs> yeah. He's already like yeah. 40. Good for him. We applaud man butt <laughs> movies. It's Bruno's ass, baby. That's right. Yeah. And all these fucking dicks sending me the MPAA rating for Green Knight and 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 dangling the fact that Dev Patel might be thunder gunning in this movie and not going <laughs> to see it ever. You'll never get to see it. You know never. it's there. You just never get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> TJ. Schrodinger's thunder gun. The, the second that movie is available, I am more concerned about making sure you get to see it as soon as it's available. <laughs> yeah, that is, you need that. Is You're like, just going to download it onto your laptop and leave it on my front, on my, on my welcome mat? <laughs> just like, you, you, I need to make sure you see it. It oh, is like in my top five priorities at any given time. <laughs> make sure I see the green in night. In 2020. Oh, Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. I'm gonna make sure you see that goddamn movie. Andy's gonna move heaven and earth <laughs> to make sure you see that green nut. You you see that thunder gun. Man, that's oh man, that's that's nice. That's You're great. fucking Matthew McConaughey in Tropic I Thunder. The, My boys I got gotta get thunder gun. Tivo, <laughs> got your Tivo. <laughs> just slanging a copy of the Green Knight to your front door once it's available. <laughs> Absolutely, From the lot. Just gotta get it. Uh. <laughs> um, well, it was a that was a good pick, Sammy. Yeah, it, it yeah. Pick, I don't know Sammy. if you guys have ever watched the or even heard about. I know because the thing that kept popping up when I was trying to look it up was the sci-fi TV. I show. knew it oh. existed, but I never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, because I know it was airing yeah. when I was... I think Kenzie and I really got into that face-off show, and I think it was airing at the same time as that face-off sci-fi show. Um, face-off not face-off. Not face-off uh, well, Nick no. Cage. It was a makeup... Uh, <laughs> a special effects makeup oh, show. Wink and a nod. Good uh, but it was, I know it was going on at the same time as that, so I was like, oh, I do remember hearing about 
Twelve Monkeys, but then never connected it to this movie. And then, I, then when I was looking it up, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Wonder from how it would I've, be as a TV show. Well, from what I've heard, it's like they take a very stylistic Terry Gilliam esque thing and take out all the fun Terry Gilliam aspects and just kind of like tried to Good. make a procedural about the story of Twelve Monkeys, which I think <laughs> is like fine if that's what you want, but. I think a lot of the, a lot of what makes this movie fun and enjoyable and entertaining is the is the style. Yeah. Yeah. So and the and I was like, because it made me think of uh, Last of Us when there was uh, zoo animals. Like, because the end yeah. of Last of Us, I was like, oh, zoo animals. But then it actually like explains where those zoo animals came from. I, and I thought that really was cool. cool and I was like, oh, too. yeah. Famous movie bear. Yeah. Movie, right. Famous oh. movie bear. <laughs> is that how? Is that what he's in, in as the credit in the credits? <laughs> No, he's got a name. He's the one that's in Tiger King. Uh He's also in Game of Thrones, right? I mean, he's used in a lot of things. Doctor Doolittle, I believe. Oh, sure. I think yeah, I think he died before Game of Thrones. I would would think. I don't know how long because he was in like The Edge, (laughs) like a bunch of '90s shit. I'm thinking of another another thing. Maybe the one that took over for him. The other famous. Yeah, the the heir apparent. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm sure shit excited for uh, next pick. That's going to be uh, the first li- listener recommendation that isn't one of our partners. Yeah, yeah. hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Raymond had messaged a chat and was just like, do any of you know this, like, Nick, this Nick P? We'll call him Nick P. You know, any, any, any of you know this Nick P guy? And we're like, fucking no. <laughs> and it's like, I think this might be, like, a dyed-in-the-wool Bonafide, sure as shit, listener wreck. And it's not anybody that we're actively dating. <laughs> what so the fuck? Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. And, and oh yeah, God, I'm excited to do it. It's it's very much like a like a history like TJ pick mm-hmm. and and it had been recommended before. And I'm super excited to get into it next week. I just so realized it's not gonna land in no nuance November, but that's it's all right. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna yep. carry over. We're gonna carry That's the fine. Fine. Yeah, fine. part of the no nuance is I don't give a fuck about dates. <laughs> right. I mean, who even knows what date it is anymore? So it's fine. <laughs> Time isn't real. Hey, it's look at that quarantine. Look at that. <laughs> We've been ready for this movie for you know almost a year now. Quarantine bullshit. Yeah, it's mm. great. Yeah. Yeah, the movie started and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, no. Oh, it's like when we put on uh, what is that a Running Man where it's uh, it was like 2017 the world's ending and it was that when we were like oh my god. <laughs> Did we watch yep. the Running Man? Not what? for the podcast. Oh, Not for the podcast. Okay. No, I'm just saying oh. like when 2017 happened oh. and everyone was like it says 2017 in the title. Well, it's like a year yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still got times. They were right. <laughs> Still can top it. Let's go find well, I, some some old babies. Some wise old babies, yeah. Some wise old babies to say you're gonna die. <laughs> okay. I will uh, make you guys watch uh, Tenant because that that will be um, it comes out December fifteenth. Cool. And I will some we'll we'll oh, find a way yeah. to watch it. So I can do that. <laughs> I, I, End I got Twenty twenty with a twenty twenty Tenant discussion. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, Fat Man probably should be our last movie of the year. Wow, <laughs> that could be our Christmas. That could be our Christmas yeah. special. We but, can make it. We can. Yeah, we'll make. Because there's a lot of things I wanted to bring up with the tenant with this movie, but I want to make sure you guys have all seen it yeah. first. Because yeah, we could, I could talk for two hours on that one. <laughs> oh my god, that's what I should have done. I should have just done a Christopher TJ Nolan notebook movie. for Tenet and make sure I got all the talking points ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Hey. laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, we want to hear everyone out there's opinion on time travel movies. And, yeah. Uh, if, if you have an opinion, we want to hear it. So, so you can get a hold of us on our Twitter with at NSAOTpod. Or you can send us an email over at neverseenanyofthispod at gmail.com. Or you can head over to our free Patreon, also known as our Facebook page. That's, <laughs> that's where all of our episodes come out first. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that's all I gotta say about that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's you great. You, you got it down, Andy. You have it I down. <laughs> Do did. not ever toss that over to me. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it, say <laughs> Yeah, you're 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 beautiful. You're perfect. You got it. <laughs> All right. Stop. Well, I think uh, that about does it for this week's episode of Never Seen Any of This. We'll be back next week with our last episode of No Nuance November, which will be in December. Um, the third of, it, yeah, well, December, December, and that's yep. We're fine. But, yep. And it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll just go ahead and say. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Monkeys. Monkeys. <laughs> 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 <laughs>